eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need to know what's happening, it's, 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 it's time to get in the huddle with Carl Dukes and Brian Baldinger. Back for another edition of In the Huddle. Carl Dukes, put him up. My man, Brian Baldinger. Dude, you've been working all night. I mean, did you get any sleep last night no, after the no, draft? Not really. Not really. <laughs> I mean, but this is what I expected, though, Carl. So, I mean, it's that time of the year. Fans are – like, players are as interested in this as the fans, the teams. Like, we're all plugged in. So, that was a big night last night. Kansas City put on a great party. Um, it was a lot of fun to sit right here and – you know, for our Odyssey listeners out there, Carl, like we, uh, Jason and myself, Jason Lock and Four, that is myself, like we went through every pick, had a bunch of good people from around the Odyssey world with podcasts coming in. I, it was a lot of fun. It was five hours, and then there was a bunch afterwards to do, but it was it was a good time last night. There's nothing bigger than the draft, guys. Baldy and I have been talking about it. Jason Lock on Four, part of this podcast as well. We put out new episodes usually on Tuesday and Thursday. We told you we'd be back Friday to recap the draft, but we've got a special guest to start the show today, and I'm pretty excited about it. Now, I got to say this. He is former Carolina Panther quarterback, Pro Bowl quarterback, Jake DeLome, but as we introduce him, Baldy, I got to say this to Jake. He balled out in his Super Bowl. I mean, (laughs) he should have won the Super Bowl. I mean, people forget Jake DeLome threw for 323 yards and three touchdowns, and I was at that Super Bowl, Baldy, and I'm like, they're going to win this thing. Yeah, Jake, it's good to have you, man. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast. And I know we got a lot of questions for you, but I will put that out there, man. It's been a while since I've had a chance to see you. I wanted to tell you, I hope you th- uh, you're doing well. The family's doing well. How have things been, man? Things are great. And, uh, yeah, you know, I, it's funny. I relived that Super Bowl yesterday. Um, I flew into Charlotte. We had a big draft party last night. And we asked, we had to do a podcast for something that will come down the line on Panthers.com. And it was all about the Super Bowl. It was like a seven-part series. And, uh, you know, you go back to it, and it's like it's still – it feels like yesterday. And, I mean, we're going – we just passed our 19th year since the Super Bowl, and it feels like yesterday. And what I can't understand is that I've been done for 11 years now, and Tom Brady, we're still not sure if he's done. So that bothers <laughs> the crap out of me. That, yeah. that really bothers me, man. Well, Jake, let's start with the Carolina Panthers pick last night. There was a lot of speculation. Baldy and I have been talking about it. I don't think we bought into the rumors of other guys escalating and, and taking the spot of the number one overall pick. But once the pick was made, tell us what you think about Bryce. Tell 
tell us how you felt about Carolina's process because this was an ongoing for weeks and everybody said, oh, well, he's too small. And I'm like, Jake, I just never got that. I think this is the perfect pick. How do you feel about it? Listen, I, I love it. And the excitement, you can just feel it. Uh, in Charlotte, flying in yesterday, you felt it at the airport yesterday morning. Um, I was able to head out to an OTA yesterday and kind of catch the team. Um, and because it's a new head coach, they can have that the early OTA. And uh, you just felt it in the building. And then certainly last night, um, it's like a rebirth. It's like this team has been given a new life because truly I don't, this is not a, a, a first overall pick talented football team. And that's why we were the ninth overall pick. And then we traded up. This is a team that has some talent and Scott Fitterer, the GM had basically said that we're trying to build a team so we can get a quarterback and plug him in. And he's a guy that I have a feeling Carolina targeted for a long, long time. It was the process of how do you get up to number one or possibly two um, and came out yesterday. It sounded like Houston was going to go to one and then Carolina was going to go to two with Chicago. And then things happened. And within an hour, I believe on March the 10th is when it all came down on a Friday afternoon. And then the Panthers get number one. And the thing that hurt, you do lose DJ Moore, but to be able to go up from nine to one, Obviously, assets had to be given away, and uh, and that's hard because DJ had did everything right, first-round pick. Um, he's what you want. You sign him to another contract. So it's a uh, it was a lot to give up, but if you get it right, we all know that. If you get the quarterback right, that's a, that's a decade. It's a decade of you have a chef a chance, at least a decade every year. And so very happy with the pick. Uh, certainly nothing against these other quarterbacks, just – Maybe because where I'm from in Louisiana, SEC dominates. And so you watch so much SEC. I've seen a ton of Bryce. And this guy's just magic, man. Just watching him play. <laughs> and yesterday, um, before our event, Nick Saban was on at the draft. And it's funny. We all know Saban won't pull any punches. And certainly his, he wants his players. He will pub them up. But he's not afraid to give some criticism. And he basically said he is Steph Curry. That's what he is. He sees the, the field like Steph Curry. And, and that's the thing that I think was so great watching Bryce this year. I thought two of his better games were two losses this year, playing in Death Valley at LSU. That's I don't have to tell you LSU. It's difficult, especially at night. And both teams were just playing great at that time. He brings Alabama back to tie the game and to get them to overtime. LSU wins in overtime. They go for two and, and they get the win. So he doesn't get the ball back. But just watching him in that environment, the, how loud and just in the pocket, two hands on the ball, protecting the ball, moving, field vision. And then against Tennessee mm -hmm. in Knoxville, Tennessee's finally starting to kind of come back. So it was just a raucous crowd. And I remember sitting in the hotel in Charlotte. We were playing the next day and he's ch making a check. Late in the game, he changed the protection. He slid the line the other way. He made the running back, Gibbs, I believe, moved to, from one side, changed his route, and they ran an angle route. And Bryce stood in there, saw it perfectly, and unfortunately Gibbs dropped it. But it was the perfect play, the perfect everything. And then he still got the team down for a, a attempt at a field goal, and they missed it ultimately. But those two, that's what kind of drew me to him. The, the whites in his eyes, you didn't see him. That, to me, is when a quarterback is in total control. Jake, I, I believe from the day that Carolina made the trade, they knew who they were going for. Like They made the trade to get to number <laughs> one, to make sure. Not to two, 
to get to one to make sure they get now they did the diligence and all the other guys we saw the pro days and you know Josh McCann all the guys out there you know meeting and greet they had to do that but I felt like when they watched because like Bryce Young really he didn't work out the combine he didn't throw had a little pro day threw a little bit I just felt like he said I'm standing on my 27 starts like you want to see how I play just go turn the tape on if you if you want to question my speed, watch guys just chase me all over the field in any game I played in, including the final game, the Sugar Bowl, right there in your, you know, in New Orleans against Kansas State, where he was just flawless. And I just felt like I almost feel like Jake, as much as people wanted to try to knock him down because of his size and his frame, I feel like it works to his advantage because of his suddenness in the pocket, his maneuverability. If he was 6'3, 230, he probably is not gonna be able to move like that. And I just think just the sudden moves to parry a punch, just to avoid the rush, um, I feel like that is a big part of his game. Well, I think it's a huge part of his game. And listen, I understand the size. I totally get it. And I was a six foot two quarterback. It wasn't like I was a six four, but I watched for years a little six foot quarterback in New Orleans named Drew Brees <laughs> crane crane his neck because Drew yeah. would crane that neck when he stand on his back. toes, Jake. Stand on his toes and, to make the throw, and he just knew what avenues to be able to throw, which angles, and he would maneuver. He would maneuver the defense with his eyes. I mean, he would manipulate the defense with his eyes. It was looking here, shoulder shrug here, going back, and just knowing. And I've seen tall quarterbacks get passes batted down all the time, yeah. and I understand the slight frame and everything. But I truly believe this. I don't think he'll get much taller, but I take just my own experience. I didn't redshirt in college. I was a 175-pound freshman, so I played four years, 175, 185, 190, 195 as a senior. My rookie year with the Saints in 1997, I got up to 225 pounds. I started shaving more than once every two weeks. I just <laughs> grew up. I just I think Bryce, he, he's a baby. I, he, they still weight will eventually start to come on and understand the pounding aspect. But let's look at big quarterbacks who've had some injury issues. Andrew Luck retired because of injury issues. If you have a look at Andrew Luck, that's a grown man. Yeah. That's Jack. That's Jack Campbell, the linebacker from Iowa. That's what Andrew yeah. Luck looks like. Yeah, you know, uh, Carson Wentz had some injury issues. A big man, Cam Newton. Certainly, he's different. He was kind of his own uh, man. But big guys get hurt too. So you I think you're right against injuries, Jake. You can't he knows it. how to move in the pocket pre, post snap, and just his. But one thing, his off script playmaking ability. That's something that stands out. You watch him make plays against LSU. You know the, the NFL talent that's on the LSU defense, mm -hmm. and you can see them coming around with two hands on the ball, maneuvering in and out of the pocket, and still have the ability to see and kind of navigate down the field and make plays. We are joined, guys, here on the podcast, in the huddle, Brian Baldinger, Carl Dukes, Jake DeLome, Pro Bowl quarterback, Carolina Panthers, and we're talking about the draft last night. It was amazing. And, again, kudos to the NFL, man. They put on a show. It's just – it's great, right? I mean – it doesn't matter if it's Nashville, Kansas City, Vegas. It just is a show. And, Jake, I want to ask you if there was something that you could go back and tell your younger rookie self or your younger quarterbacking days in the NFL that you're going into the league and, and some advice that you would give because that's what these young guys are going to need, right? C.J. Stroud, Bryce. Um, we know Will Leviston get picked last night, and I do want to get to that, but – these guys that are now, Anthony Richardson, I don't know how immediately he plays, but the Colts took a chance and went with, went with him at four. What would you tell your younger self coming into the league? Now, I know you were undrafted, but it 
but it still matters to have that that perspective. What would you say? I think the biggest thing, and I was so lucky. I had a couple of veterans along the way that they were able to show me the way. And I, I, I'm telling you, Bryce, coming here with Andy Dalton, I, like that can't, that's a perfect scenario. But it's not just An- Andy. He's so insulated. And I'm going to go back to the – he's so insulated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Frank Wright, Josh McCown, played forever. Thomas Brown, I don't know if you've ever talked to Thomas. He's pretty damn impressive. Mm-hmm. You know, we I, just speaking with him yesterday and just watching them out at practice, how he calls the place, uh, watch, watch him. But Jim Caldwell, are you kidding me? Here's a, a, a senior assistant. I mean, just I, I just think he's very well insulated. And as a young as a young kid, especially a young quarterback, you just come in and you work. You show up early, you stay late, you work, you earn the respect of your football team. That is the most important thing. You know, I'd like to think I earned the respect when I played, I worked, I kept my mouth shut. And then once you maybe, I don't want to say establish yourself, it, you know, you just, your personality has to come out. And then Cam Newton, Cam Newton comes here. We were totally different quarterbacks, but Cam came in. Yes, we understand. He was the first overall pick, freak of nature. But all the guys, I never played with Cam, but everybody I talked to in Carolina, they were like, hey, this guy plays hurt. This guy shows up. He stays late. Like, mm. he puts in the time. He puts in the work. When players talk in that regard about a player, they give everything for that guy. They give any and everything for that football player. I think you see that in Philadelphia. I think Jalen Hurts, just watching his progression. Like, this kid, I watched him two years ago uh, in Panther Stadium, and Philly was just okay, and Panthers had – they were going to win the game by four minutes left. And sure enough, Jalen never turned the ball over. Uh, Eagles block a punt, and Jalen, boom, gets him in the end zone, gets the ball back, time runs out. And then you're just watching his progression. Just keeps working. He signs this contract, which is so brilliant, smart by him, and was the first thing he said. There's so much more work to do. And that's – and when you do it, it's one thing to say it, but when you do it, players see that and they just follow you and that's what these young kids they all need to do you just put your head down and go to work just go to work and everything else takes care of itself let's let's get back to um just the quarterbacks that were taken we saw three out of the first four go jake uh sometimes these guys get overdrafted what when you watch these guys and you evaluated them was was there a big difference between bryce and cj to you and then when you get to anthony like, is it boom or bust, or is there a better chance with today's game, the RPO game, the the way that you can structure plays now, a little bit different? Um, tell me about the difference between Bryce and CJ that you saw, and then what Indianapolis got with Anthony. Well, I, listen, the, the Bryce, I just I, – to, I, to me, he had everything you want except he's – a little bit slight. I mean, that yeah. that's that's the knock. The thing with Bryce, beautiful passer of the football, and this is not his fault. He played with that's four first-round pick wide receivers. Mm-hmm. I mean, Chris Olave mm-hmm. is gorgeous watching him run around. Garrett Wilson for the Jets. They got a better uh, receiving core than any NFL team. <laughs> Smith, and, <laughs> Smith and Jigba. And then everyone you talk to, all they Marvin talk Harrison. about is Marvin Harrison Jr. So – it's not his fault, but he played really well. And I watched a lot of his games, not a ton because of travel reasons in the fall. And, okay, he doesn't move a whole a whole, a great deal. Then he plays against Georgia, and it's like, who is this guy? Yes. I mean, this is the NFL defense he's playing against. So that made me – because I always thought it was Bryce and then everybody else. And that made me say, wait, this guy's different. Um, but 
you know, if there was a knock and it's not his fault, he played with superior talent on the outside. And that's not his fault. Now, Anthony Richardson, um, 13 starts. And I just think the biggest thing for him, we all know the freakish ability, the inconsistencies on some easy passes. That's one of the things that bothered uh, bothered me some with him. But then again, we saw Josh Allen not have the big, uh, compl- the high p- completion percentage coming out. And we've seen him progress as a quarterback. But what a great place to go where Shane Steichen just left Philly and they had the Jalen Hurts model where they can run the ball and things like that. And then Jalen has just con- consistently progressed. So that's where Anthony. And then Will, um, you know, there's reports of a toe injury. And we know he played hurt last year and um, just wasn't as consistent, I think, as he was as a junior. Now, that could be due to maybe trying to do too much. And all quarterbacks at some point will fall victim to that. And uh, But other than that, I don't know if there's some other question marks why he fell so much. You just kind of thought big, strong guy like that would be taken the way quarterbacks um, get taken. So that's kind of how I I had him rated. Um, And nothing against the Stroud. I just think I held that against him, and that's probably wrong. But Bryce, I know Alabama has good players, but I just don't think they were the Alabama that we've seen with the Rugs, with the Waddle, with Devontae Smith, all that just massive talent around. Jay, can you tell – like? You know, I, I kind of made the comparison with Bryce to Joe Burrow. Obviously, there's a difference in size, but can you tell watching games and even in the in, 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 you know in the film room if guys process information at a higher rate than other guys? Because I mean, that's that's clear. That's what Burrow does better than anybody else in this business right now. He doesn't have to run, move around, extend. Can you tell watching a guy how quickly they can process? And if they are, they know exactly what they're looking at. I think you just watch their feet, Brian. I've always, I've always said that you watch a yeah. quarterback's feet. A quarterback's feet is married to his eyes, and those yeah. two kind of tell you. And it's funny you say that about Burrow. Um, Joe Burrow doesn't get enough credit. Yeah, he's great in the pocket. He sees it. He makes checks. But when the play breaks down or he moves. It's amazing the plays he still makes when he's moving and doing that. And he's not known as this crazy runner. He's a really good athlete. And I think you saw a lot of that with Bryce. Uh, Some of the clips that we've seen against LSU where they're just bodies flying around them, two hands on the ball, in and out, and then all of a sudden, boom, down the field for a touchdown. I think you see that with Joe Burrow. That's something that, you know, is back to the pre- and post-snap command. That's what those guys have. kind of privy to a lot of Joe Burrow information at LSU. One of my best friends was the quarterback coach uh, for Joe for two years, George Munoz. And, uh, you know, it sounded like the senior year, there was one protection and Joe just changed it where it needed to go. So when you have a quarterback and then, yes, he had some great receivers. I, I, I get that. But when your quarterback can just kind of control everything at the line of scrimmage and put his team in the best possible situation. And we've seen Joe translate doing that into the NFL. Jake DeLome, our guest, guys. Jake, a couple more things for you, and we're going to let you run. It's a pleasure to have you on. Uh, you're going to get a chance, I'm assuming, to talk to Bryce at some point today. Uh, yeah, I am. I'm excited about it. Well, listen, and I get it. I mean, like you said, the, the city's kind of been reborn. I just want to talk about clutch. You were clutch. Is this something that you gain with confidence through quarterbacking, or do you think it's just something that these guys have? You talked about Bryce in the Tennessee game. Guys, they lose that Tennessee game if he doesn't do what he did, right? I mean, if he's not making those plays, and I'm just using it as an example. I think there are guys that come into the league, Jake, and you know that they're clutch, but can you develop that? Because you were one of those guys. 
Listen, I think that's an innate gene. I'll be honest with you. I just think guys from a young age, um, I just think they have it or they don't. And it's to me, it's the ability to not make the game bigger than what it is at that moment. You just pl play the game. Don't make it bigger than what it is. Like when everything gets loud around you, you got to keep it quiet in your in your mind. And mm -hmm. it's funny, Peyton Manning said something years back. They played Tampa on a Monday night and they were down by maybe three or four scores. The game was over. And they came back and upset them. And one thing, listening to Peyton in the post game, because I just I loved quarterbacks. I just like to hear. And Peyton said, "I couldn't score three touchdowns on one play. I just had to play the play." <laughs> and that's the mindset. Like if you're down ten with four minutes left to go in a game, you can't panic. Hey, we need a touchdown and a field goal. Just play the play. And he always said Tony Dungy told him something. And that made him change his mindset. Tony Dungy said, yeah, we play our Tampa too. He said, because quarterbacks are not patient enough just to take what we give them, to take what we give them, to go down the field. And he's right, and that's hard. And that's something where those quarterbacks is just through preparation, and you got to understand when it's time in a game, you got to make a play, just trust it. Don't, don't, you, you can't see things before they happen so to speak. You can't like, oh, I know this is going to happen. You mm -hmm. have an idea, but you have to have a pre, you have to have a post snap, you have to verify. And that's something that those the great ones, I just think they do. They don't get rattled. Like, like Mahomes. I, I, it's, it's, it's a gift. It's a God-given mm -hmm. gift. I think guys are just born with it. Mm -hmm. It's great stuff. Jake, we appreciate you, man. Uh, I'm excited to see what Bryce is going to do. I know we're a long way from the season. There's a lot of right. work to be put in, but just the vibe right now and, and where this is going to go with these young quarterbacks. And this is, again, we're talking about the next generation. A few years ago, it was Burrow and company, right? And now this is the next guys that are going to come along. So excited to see what happens. Looking forward to getting a chance to talk to you again soon, Jake. Have a great day and congratulations to the Carolina Panthers. Well, there's certainly excitement. And like every team in the NFL, some people are extremely happy. Some people are upset. We just don't know. I mean, I just go back. Donovan McNabb was booed as the pick in Philly. J.J. Yeah. Watt, people really who, – who who are the Texans draft? I they mean, moved, like, they that's, moved him too. Yeah, so, like, <laughs> we, we just don't know. We just hope. But that's what, that's what makes the NFL so great. You just don't know where that next one's coming from. Jake, thanks again. Take care. Be safe, my friend. We will talk to you soon. <clears throat> Thank you, guys, man. Y'all take care. Okay. Right. See you Jake soon, Jake. Home. Take care, buddy. Carolina Panther, Pro Bowl quarterback. Baldy, let's get into some of the other aspects of the draft. Um, did you like the Texans – and what they did in those first three picks, they took a big chance, but they went, and I think now they've got a facelift, right? They got a quarterback, and you got to get and a guy that gets after the quarterback. So here's what they had twelve. They had twelve picks in this draft. So Nick Casario filled a lot in free agency. They did a lot of work. They had a good draft last year. I just feel like they got two quarterbacks last night. I feel like they got C.J. Stroud to run the offense, and they got themselves a dog and Will Anderson on defense. Mm -hmm. Two very mature guys. Big time programs, young players, but not, it's not going to be too big for either one. They both know the response. Like, I both feel like they're wearing the hat as Houston kind of builds this thing from the ground up. And I thought it was a brilliant thing. They got the best defensive player. It's, it's arguable, like we just said. We, we got to wait and see. But, you know, all the smoke that was out there about CJ and the S2 score and all yeah. this stuff that kind of happens right before the draft every year. Like he, he had to sit there and, and take those questions about that. And he's just like, I'm not a test taker. I'm a football player. And I think Houston knew that. And so 
this is a it's a good day for Houston because they've been a down franchise um, and they've changed coaches a bunch and they've done a bunch of stuff. But I feel like this is a good new beginning. I, I like what they did a great deal. And it makes sense. Like, why pick 12, 12 new guys? Go get yourself a couple of studs and you can always fill in some of the other uh, places. Yeah, Baldy, I'm with you. I, I like what they did. Uh, you know, I saw D'Amico smiling because he got he got another big defensive piece. And I know they've been in some turmoil, you know, with the, with the Deshaun and all that stuff, and they had to get past it, and the coaches fired. But I do like their offseason, and I do like this draft so far, at least the first round. We'll see what happens. But I'm with you. You win it, and you change the face of your franchise. Now, let's talk about these running backs. I thought there would be one taken. I didn't think there'd be two taken in the top 15. Jameer Gibbs ends up getting, you know, taken by the Lions. And I got to question this because I'll talk about Bijan in a second. The Lions, they, you know, they go from six to 12. And you're thinking, oh, okay, Dan Campbell, Brad Holmes, you guys might go defense here. And they go Jameer Gibbs. And I'm like, whoa, they just paid David Montgomery $18 million in free agency. Six million a year. I don't understand this. You know, so that pick gets made, and we all kind of are scratching our heads, everybody. All right. Um, we had John Jansen on, mm. uh, you know, great offensive lineman, University of Michigan. You know, and he, and he does a lot of stuff with Detroit. So he, he was like befuddled because honestly, since Barry walked out that door, like they've, they've had a, a dozen running backs come through there. Not one has ever stayed healthy. DeAndre Swift looks like, I mean, DeAndre Swift was Jameer Gibbs coming out of Georgia. That's yes. what he was. He's a, yes. he's a Philadelphia kid. I know DeAndre. Long time went to St. Joe's prep here, but like he was Jameer Gibbs, but he hasn't been able to stay healthy. When he is healthy, he's Jameer, you know. And then you pay David Montgomery, you know, and you go, all right, like there's needs, real needs defensively. They were not good, and so a year ago, and but they had some building blocks, and you go, what were they thinking? Like they can get these running backs in any round. And the way that they keep getting him injured at that program, and David Montgomery's coming off a major injury, you know? And so, and DeAndre Swift has never stayed healthy. And you go, okay, if you bring in Jameer Gibbs, like he played really one year at Alabama, and he and he showed. But, you know, this is a 195-pound running back. Like, he's not built to take 15, 20 carries a game. He's not built for that. Right. So, that's what how Bijan is built to do that. But – but Jameer isn't built like that. Like to me, you know, even, you know, the Dalvin Cooks and Aaron Jones, as good as they are, they they all get beat up, you know, and we'll see how long either one of them lasts. I mean, they're both great players, but maybe Gibbs is in that, is in that ilk. But I, I, I just had a question to trade back and then to go get Gibbs when I don't think anybody was going to take him. No. Maybe they had intel that somebody else was going to take him. But he was a borderline first-round pick, maybe first-round talent. I thought he was a day two guy, Baldy. Day two, like, look, I mean, Nick Chubb was a day two guy. Derrick Henry was a day two That's guy. Right. That's, That's kind right. of Dalvin Cook was a day two guy. I mean, a lot of these good, really great players in our league, like, it's just the position. You take him in the second round. And I thought Jameer was right there at the top of the second round. You know, like Brees Hall was last year, right at the top of the second round. Like, I felt like that was his sweet spot. And I, I felt like, not just overdrafted, but overdrafted for a position that doesn't have a long shelf life to begin with. Yeah. Uh, and then they go Jack Campbell, who, again, my projections, I don't know where you had him because 
I we I don't think we talked about it. Um, the kid. Well, I, what I we was, did talk about what we did say, Carl, was this was not a great off the ball inside linebacker draft. True. Uh, that's why a lot of them moved in free agency because they knew there wasn't a Roquan Smith or somebody like that coming out of this draft. Now, Jack Campbell is a big, long, you know, linebacker. Um, you know, and he's got experience, and I don't want to denigrate the player, but the position. Um, you know, he's the only one taken for a reason. Like, it's just not a strong class. Trenton Simpson and, you know, you look at uh, Drew Sanders. I mean, the guys that were in that position, they'll get taken today, Carl. Right. They'll get taken today right. in the second round, kind of where they belong. Let's talk about Bijan real quick because uh, part of my spiel to Falcon fans and people who were saying you don't take a running back, blah, blah, blah. And I said, you know, you have to be convinced that – you know, your conviction to take this pick, you don't give a damn what everybody else says. And I think Arthur Smith didn't give a damn what everybody else says. I think he's got a plan and he understands what he wants to do. So 258 carries at Texas last season, right? 15, for 1,500 yards rushing, 6.1 yards average, 18 touchdowns and 60 receptions, 60 for 805 yards. He led the team in receptions. He also scored eight touchdowns receiving. And I just think the dynamic nature of that added to this Falcon offense and what Arthur Smith in his mind and what he's thinking about controlling clock and how they want to play, Baldy, I, I love this pick. And you guys know, I've been talking about Bijan, Bijan, Bijan. And I also think you might have gotten the second or third best player overall in the draft. And people are concerned about the shelf life. And I get that. But Baldy, here's my thinking. Let's just say the kid, Knockwood, stays healthy for his rookie contract. He's brilliant for four years. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Boldy, I'll worry about that after those four years. No doubt. I You're can't worry exactly about right, that Carl. right now. You're exactly right. Like, there's a couple of Emmett Smiths and Barry Sanders, a couple guys that, you know, had tremendous longevity in production. But that's not what this is about. This is about. You're looking at a four-year window where you've just drafted Kyle Pitts, Drake London. Okay, first tight end, first wide receiver, first running back. Right. I mean, you've got you've now got a core of, to go with Cordero, you know, and Tyler, who had a nice rookie season. Um, you now have star power. Let's face it, that that Mercedes-Benz Dome on Sunday is not sold out ever. Maybe for the SEC championship game, it gets sold out, Carl. It you does. need star power. You need people in Atlanta. Like, I was there during the Mike Vick era. You can 
debate Mike Vick all you want. That was a star in a town that needed a star. They came to watch Mike play. Like the, I sat down with Ladanian Tomlinson the other day in LA, Carl, and we watched Bijan. And you know, it's it's good to watch him through the prism of a Hall of Famer's eyes mm. because LT honestly feels like he's like he reminds him of himself. But the one thing that you you, you talk about the receptions. He doesn't run – it's not angle routes and flat routes and screens. Like, he's running these vertical routes, like wide receivers, and adjusting, like, turning the hips on corners and safeties, adjusting to the ball in the air. Didn't drop a single pass last year. Like, you could see Arthur right now – Arthur Smith, that is. Like, new ideas with Cordero and Bijan, you know, like – and maybe Tyler. And, you know, just new formations – New ways. We saw what he did with Derrick Henry, yep. you know, and Marcus Mariota and Ryan Tannehill. Like, they've got legit big-time star power players. Now they got to figure out how to coordinate it and how to best utilize them. And I think it's just – you give me a bright mind, a creative mind, and I think they could do some things that most teams can't think about. I agree. It's Brian Baldinger, Carl Dukes with you. It's in the huddle, guys. We're following up the first round of the draft. Of course, today, rounds two and three, and then Saturday, four through seven. Baldy, let's take a look at some of the other stuff that, that went on. Um, Jalen Carter <laughs> lands in Philly, nine overall. He still goes top 10. We predicted he wouldn't fall out of the top 10. But the Eagles, man, I mean, is this – because you look at their defense last year, right? They had, what, 70-some-odd sacks. They go to the Super Bowl. And then they double down, Baldy. They go, we don't give a damn. We're going to get some more of these guys. Well, so they're, they're picking at 10. Chicago's picking at 9, and Jalen's falling. He gets through Seattle. He gets through Detroit. He gets through the Raiders. So now it's not a free fall, but Philadelphia's not chancing it that Chicago won't take him at 9. So what do they do? They flip Chicago a fourth-round pick, flip picks, they get in that ninth spot, they go take him. So not every organization – is built to take on a Jalen Carter with some of the issues that he's had to deal with. Except Philadelphia feels, and I, and, and this is a truth statement, like their culture with Jalen Hurts, Lane Johnson, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, this is how we do it. This is how we practice. This is how we prepare. This is our mentality on Sundays. This is how we come out of the tunnel in Dallas. Mm. Like this is who we are. Join us. Like we, we do it the right way. And I feel like, Whatever questions anybody had about Jalen, sometimes just peer pressure, being in the right atmosphere. Players kind of like, you know what? Football is important to me. Let me show everybody how important it is. And so, like, he falls. And Nolan Smith, I don't think anybody thought Nolan Smith was going to go all the way to number 30. No, like, I don't think anybody saw that happening. Not when you have the speed off the edge. I mean, my comp for him was Hassan Reddick. And Hassan just had 19 sacks. They just lost Javon Hargrave. You replace him with Jalen Carter. You go get Nolan Smith. I mean, just keep sacking quarterbacks, you know, and get Patrick Mahomes down the second half and go get yourself another Lombardi trophy. Like it's, it's, it's not it's not that hard, but they also are built. They're also built in a way that this is what they're capable of doing. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, people are making fun that, you know, Howie Roseman's just plucking these Georgia players off that national championship team, you know, the last two years. Hey, you have a winning mentality. Alabama's done it for years. Guys have gone and gotten Alabama players. So you're seeing it with Georgia now. What did you think about the run on receivers? It started at 20 with Seattle, and Jigba goes to Seattle. And, I, by the way, I like what Seattle did, by the mm -hmm. way, okay? 
Witherspoon, I love him at corner. They went early with him, and then they go in Jigba at 20. But then you had Quentin Johnson mm-hmm. to the Chargers. Zay Flowers goes to the Ravens. And, of course, we will talk about Lamar's deal here in a second. And then Jordan Addison to the Vikings. And all of a sudden it was like there was this run on wide receivers. What did you make? And did you think that the teams got the guys they wanted? Because I thought Addison was going to go before Johnson and Flowers. Well, When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When I put together my list of top five wide receivers, I couldn't find – I really was stretching it to get five in the first round. Mm. I felt like the four that got taken right in a row, that was the run. Those were the four first-round picks. And so I felt like, you know, when you look at, you know, Jackson Smith and Jigbot, he was my top target. He was in most teams. But, like, you know, with Seattle, like, become more explosive. You know, look, uh, they've got two great receivers right now. They put up a 1,000 yards almost every year. Let's add a slot receiver. And, you know, when when it's time to move on from one, you know, Jackson Smith and Jigba's there. So that then, you know, the Chargers, all they do is draft big X's. You know, like Michael Williams got hurt last year. Keenan Williams, Keenan Allen got hurt last year. Let's keep the big, strong arm of Justin Herbert, throwing it down the field to a guy that is a jump ball magnet in Quinton Johnston that's got, he's got size, he's got speed, he's got leaping ability, like, just keep throwing them up there, get the chunk plays. And then I thought, you know, Zay Flowers going to Baltimore. Like, this is all about Lamar. This is yeah. all like what, you know, overpaying for Odell Beckham, which I think was a real key to this, getting Lamar back in the building and signing the deal. And they, they, the Ravens didn't cave. That was their, they had no choice. Like, this is the guy. Like, take, take care of him. They did. And then they reward him with the guy that, honestly, I remember when Steve Smith Sr., uh, left Carolina and he came to Baltimore and he changed the culture like right away with his attitude, his toughness, the way he pricked people in practice. Like Steve Smith senior, even like at, at his pro day at the combine, he fell in love with Zay flowers and he thought he reminded him of himself. Mm, okay. And they need a dog. They need a real dog. Yeah. You know, at this position, you know, Odell's in his 10th year. He can learn from Odell some things for sure. Cause Odell's, He's, a, he's not a kid anymore. He's not immature. He's a very, you know, he's a sharp kid, sharp man. And I feel like Zay Flowers fits in perfect. And then Minnesota, look, you lose Adam Thielen. You can't just throw it to Justin Jefferson every play. You need a, you need a, a, to balance it up. And so now you get TJ Hawkinson, you get your Justin Jefferson, and now you add um, Addison to this thing. Like, okay, they're ready to go. You know, they got firepower right now. They got some point scores there on offense. Baldy, was there a, a pick that made you scratch your head? The Van Ness to the Packers at 13. 
well, kind of that was that was one I went. Eh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm, I I totally agree. Like you know, like they call him Hercules. He looks like Hercules. <laughs> um, you know, he, he was a productive player. He's got talent. They just added two defensive players in the first round a year ago from Georgia. You know, in Quay Walker, Devontae Wyatt. You know, they had Rashawn Gary. They had Jair Alexander. They had nothing but first round picks right. all over the team. And so maybe you say, okay, you know, Rashawn's coming off an injury. Preston Smith's probably got one more year. He's been a really good free agent pickup. Like, let's just keep fortifying. Except that their defense wasn't any good last year, anyways. And you got this Jordan Love, and he's got three rookie receivers from a year ago, and he's got you know a, a backup tight end. That's who he's throwing the ball to right now. And I just thought, no tight end had been taken at that point. No pass catcher had been taken at that point. Um, there was still a tackle on the board of Brandon Jones at that point. I just felt like – or Broderick Jones, I'm sorry. And I just felt like tackle because they haven't been able to keep Bakhtiari healthy or Jenkins healthy. I thought tackle or receiver or some level of receiver, tight end, was called for right there. And they went for Lucas Van Ness, who never started a game at Iowa. You can debate, you know, Iowa system. I just thought there was other bigger needs with good players on the board. I want to ask you about the Jets real quick here. Brian Baldinger, Carl Duke, subscribe, guys. Make sure you don't miss an episode of In the Huddle. We'll continue as the draft plays out. We'll be back next week reviewing all of the information because this is just one part, right? First round. We got to see what happens in day two today and day three tomorrow. Will McDonald goes to the Jets. Baldy, you had been telling me that they wanted to shore up that offensive line. They felt like Aaron was coming. Aaron came. So what's the deal with this pick? Well, here's what happened. So Pittsburgh's sitting there at 17. They want an offensive tackle in the worst way. You'd already seen Paris Johnson go, Darnell Wright go, Skaronsky go. There was one elite tackle left, and that was Broderick Jones. So Pittsburgh's sitting there, and they want to tackle, and the Jets want to tackle. They both want the exact same player. Now, Andy Weidel is with Omar Khan in Pittsburgh running their war room along with Mike T. Mm. So Pittsburgh's going, if we want to get this guy, like we got to go, we got to move because Joe Douglas and the Jets are going to take Broderick Jones. But we got to get in front of 15. Jets <laughs> are sitting there at 15. Patriots are sitting there at 14. Packers pass on a tackle. Andy Weidel's just like, let's jump. Let's give up what we got to get. Let's go from 17 to 14. We're going to jump right in front of the Jets, and we're going to take the player that they coveted. There's no question in my mind Jets were taking – Roderick Jones at the 15th pick. Pittsburgh jumped right in front of him and took it. And I felt like there was just air went out of the room. The Jets. Mm. I don't think they panicked right. at that point. But let's face it. They just drafted Jermaine Johnson last year. They've got Carl Lawson. They've got these guys off the edge that they're paying a lot of money to that they're investing in. And then you go and get Will McDonald the fourth, which is fine. He's a good player. He's got he's got um He's got size and length and, you know, all the kind of stuff that you can bend on around the corner. But I just felt like they needed an offensive tackle in the worst way. And they they got jumped. Yeah. They got jumped. Pittsburgh jumped them. And they that was their fallback was, all right, let's go to the board. Our board says Will McDonald fourth. Like, regardless of need, you know, Robert Sal is like, we can't get enough of these guys. I'm sure that's the mentality they're going to say all day. I'm heading up there in a couple hours. I'm sure that's what I'm going to hear from Robert and Joe and, and the gang, but I felt like the Jets, they weren't – I'm not saying they were sleeping, but 
But they had to know Pittsburgh with Broderick Jones out there. Like, they were capable of making that move. It's a damn good pick by the Steelers, by the way. And remember, Miles Murphy's on the board. Nolan Smith's on the board. If you wanted to go that way, you know what I mean? I I, I personally would have gone with one of those guys. Nevertheless, we're going to see. Baldy, we got to get out of here, man. Um, get ready for day two tonight and then this weekend. We'll be back next week, guys, breaking down all of the information. And again, I always say this, Baldy, you can get the first round right. And as a GM, you should. If you screw that up, you probably shouldn't have your job. It's today and tomorrow that really makes the difference on these rosters. So one 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 thing before we go here, Carl. Pittsburgh picks first tonight. They're the 32nd pick. In my mind, this whole process with Miami not having a pick in the first round, I always felt like Pittsburgh had two first-round picks. So, And I said from the beginning that Pittsburgh needs to fix the offensive line. They did it in free agency. They drafted yesterday. Like my prediction tonight, is the first pick off the board is going to be Joe Tipman, the center from Wisconsin. Oh, Pittsburgh knows what a Hall of Fame – I'm not saying Joe Tipman's going to be a Hall of Fame. Sure. But the Steelers have three of them. You know, Damani <laughs> Dawson, you know, you go back Webster. to Mike Webster. Like, they know what a, yeah. they know what an elite center looks like. I think they complete the line. Najee Harris is better. Kenny Pickett's better. Uh, you know, George Pickens is better. Like, Pittsburgh puts an offense on the field. I predict tonight Joe Tipman's going to be the first player off the board. I can't wait. Uh, yeah. I can't wait to see how it plays out. Baldy, man, enjoy your day. Be safe. We're back with you guys next week. Great job last night with you and Jason. And Jason is a part of this podcast as well, guys. It's in the huddle. Make sure you subscribe and uh, you won't miss an episode. NFL Draft continues this weekend. Everybody enjoy. Baldy, we'll talk next week. Yeah, you got a call. Take care, everybody.